I'm Chris Farrell from the All Things Good and Nerdy Podcast, a wacky weekend morning show, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out right now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and the opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to episode 207 of Better Podcasting. On this show, we're going to discuss NADPOD POMO. In this week's Better Podcasting download, we have the annual holiday information coming from Apple and also some changes to YouTube. And no, this isn't all that terms of service stuff you heard about endlessly elsewhere over the last week. And finally, in this week's Better Podback, we have listener thoughts on NAPOD POMO. Lauren, start the show now. Welcome to Better Podcasting. With a combined history of over a thousand episodes, and starting as early as 2008, we are hobby podcasters through and through, just like you. That's why we are different. We minimize the money talk so that you can focus on building a better podcast. Here are the hosts for the show, Stephen John Drew and Stargate Pioneer. Welcome to episode 207 of Better Podcasting. I am Stephen John Drew, and I am pleased to say SP is here again this week. I am. I've survived the freezing cold, and it has just been really, really cold here and snowy and cold. Did I mention it's cold out? No, I don't think you did. Is it cold there right now? It is so cold. It is colder than Canada, where I am right now. Very true. Uh, well, at least my part of Canada. For those of you who haven't checked out the show before, first off, yes, I'm Canadian. He's American, yet he usually gets more snow than me. Uh, secondly, we like to kick off this show each week with a how I saved my podcast story. This is usually where you, the listener, send us a story about something that went wrong with your podcast and how you fixed it. And we like to share that so we can all help each other out, all get a little bit creative when things go wrong, and just know that everything is okay and you don't have to go pay somebody to fix your podcast. A lot of times you can go and correct it yourself. And that's usually what we do here. But we have quite the action-packed episode this week. So we're going to go ahead and skip over that this week. But before we get there, we want to mention we are soliciting your feedback for a hopefully future episode where you're going to pick one thing that you want to work on for next year on your podcast. That's right. Please send your email or video or audio clip to us, picking one thing that you want to work on in 2020 and send it to us so that we can share that in a future episode. That's podcast at betterpodcasting.com. Send that our way, and we hope that we get several of them and can play them in the future. SP, what is your one thing? Well, my one thing was actually to add right now to the one thing, and that is if you send us your one thing, you're going to enter yourself in a chance to win a Samsung QTU. <gasps> Are you serious? Are we launching a contest right now, which we totally prepared before, and I'm just acting surprised even though I really knew about it? Are you serious? I am totally serious. We're going to give away a Samsung QTU. If you give us your one thing, you'll automatically go into the drawing for it. Make sure that you send it to podcast at betterpodcasting.com your audio or video submission, and we'll enter you in to get that Samsung Q2U. And if you're just starting out, you know, use your phone, you know, record a little video, send it to us. If you're already a podcaster, we'd love to hear your audio. And if you're capable of doing video, we'd love to see that as well. But yes, we want to hear your one thing for next year. And you know what, Stephen, you were asked for what my one thing was. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and I said, I last year said I was going to get rid of me saying so, you right. know, so don't you know that sort mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah. And I said, I've been doing much better this year <laughs> since I said that I've edited like three or four shows. And I'm like, no, it's coming back. No. So for the rest of this year, I will be trying to get rid of so again from my podcasting vocabulary, but I will choose another one for next year. So you should send that in to us by the end of November. That's right. We are looking for entries by November 30th, 2019. That will be the cutoff to send that in to us. Again, that's November 30th, 2019. 
your one thing, please email it to us. If you've already tried to submit this to us elsewhere, send us an email, podcast at betterpodcasting.com so we can get you into that entry pool. In the world of podcasting, there are many quests and adventures. Some of the quests are a little bit stranger than others, and some of the adventures can be a little bit more original and fun than others. Think of it this way, just like in playing a video game or having a game master led tabletop game or actually just playing everyday life. Sometimes you get to do something out of the ordinary, innovative and fun. Whether you are just starting your first hobby podcast or you have been podcasting since before podcasting was a thing, we're going to discuss one of those short journeys today. Napod Pomo. What's that? Yep, you heard me right. Napod Pomo. If you've been paying attention to the podcasting circles the past few weeks as we record this on November 13th, 2019, you might have already heard the term or seen the hashtag, hashtag NapaPomo on social media. But what exactly is NapaPomo? Where did it come from? How can you participate? Why should you participate? And what are some of the suggested best practices to doing NapaPomo? Let's start by describing what exactly NapaPomo is, Stephen. If you search the internet for NapaPomo, which maybe by the end of this episode, I'll actually say properly. Searching will reveal napodpomo.org. That's N-A-P-O-D-P-O-M-O.org. And on there, conveniently, is an about page. Shocking. And it says, what is napodpomo? Quote, in 2007, 50 podcasters participated in the first ever National Podcast Post Month, a.k.a. napodpomo. Pomo, created by Jennifer Navarrete as an answer for an audio version to other 30-day challenges happening in the month of November. Napod Pomo is a month-long event along the same vein as National Novel Writing Month, aka NaNoWriMo. The difference? Well, instead of writing a 50,000-word novel, you podcast every day for 30 days from November 1st to 30th. End quote. So basically, Napod Pomo is podcasting every single day of the month of November. Also, it bears repeating, Napod Pomo stands for National Podcast Post Month. Why national? Yeah, just never mind that. You can participate in it wherever you are in the world or galaxy or universe or wherever. So what makes this event so special? Gamers might think of Napod Pomo as what is known as a side quest. So what's a side quest? I looked it up and it's defined as a quest given to the player that has no direct bearing on the main story or campaign of the game. Completion of a side quest often results in the acquisition of money or items that are otherwise unavailable or unlocks another side quest. So basically what SP is saying is that if I do Napod Pomo, he'll pay me money. Is that what you said? If it would get you off a better podcast, yes. (laughs) So you can use Napod Pomo as a show that has no direct bearing on your main podcast or your ultimate podcasting goal. You can do things like temporarily start another show just to try out something new. You can podcast on a topic that is not your main topic. Maybe you're bored with your main topic. Maybe you just want to spice things up. You can choose another topic to go after in either a new show or you're changing it up just temporarily on your own show. More about that later. You can try out new segments. You can try out new podcasting services. Maybe you want to go out and try that free podcast host and just see what all the hype is about. And you'll discover why you wouldn't want to do it. You can try different ways to deliver your own show content. Maybe you want to experience a different delivery with the way that you normally talk. And or maybe you're podcasting the way that you're not normally talking, so you want to try out normally talking into the microphone for a change. You can see the effects of more frequent release schedule. You're going to be releasing every day versus once a week, once a month, twice a month, three times a week, whatever. It's every single day, and that includes weekends. 
you can start and experience a true immersion into podcasting. Like you're not podcasting yet and you just want to immerse yourself into it. You want to try it out and you want to get all the bugs out. So you want to podcast every single day in November. So Napop Pomo can add excitement to your podcast. If you need that special jolt, maybe you feel like you're in a rut. Maybe you feel like you have gotten bored with your topic. This is a diversion and you can spice things up and you can get more excited about the things that you do. The possibilities, as with any podcast on its own, are really endless with Napod Pomo. But now that we've discussed what Napod Pomo is, what are some of the reasons why you might want to participate? And let's run down some of the best practices. Now, podcasting every day in a month might not sound like much in the grand scheme of things, but the reality is it is a little bit different. Now, Podpomo is a marathon. Now, to truly participate in this month, in the literal sense, you have to prepare, record, produce, and publish 30 episodes in the course of 30 days. As a lot of hobby podcasters have work or school commitments going on, you have to figure out how to incorporate 30 episodes with those commitments. As well, it's worth considering in North America, there are several holidays that fall in the month of November that could possibly make that even more challenging. For example, at the end of November, there's Thanksgiving, there's Remembrance Day and Veterans Day as well, and there's just other things that are going on in November that can make this marathon very hard. There might be holiday shopping that's going to start getting into your routine. Or if you're a big sports fan, maybe there's football and hockey and basketball games that you got to check out. Also, November can sometimes bring a lot of big premieres to the holiday season, such as entertainment, where you might have that big movie you want to go see. I know SP wants to see Frozen. He's looking forward to that. Frozen 2. Frozen. I'm sorry. I'm running a marathon. I'm doing that, Bob Omo. <sighs> Did you really just do that, SP? For the audio listener, SP is pretending to jog right now. He's literally pretending to jog. It's not so much of a chat. Yeah. If there is a big movie premiere, some of them come out in November, some of them come out in December. It can be distracting. You got a lot of new things coming out. Just past past week, we had a new streaming service come out and a lot of people are engaged in that and it might distract you from podcasting. So in the Northern Hemisphere, November often ushers in winter weather. And with that is the beloved S word. No, we're not talking about profanity here, although some people would say it's a profane four letter word. It's called snow and it starts to make an appearance. This can cause your daily routine to be upheavaled. For example, now incorporating multiple times a day snow shoveling, which, yeah, that's happened to me. And I do have a snow blower now and Steven needs one. I keep on telling him he needs one, but he says he only gets like two snow showers a year and he doesn't need one. And then he gets like 10 or 12 or something like that. Anyway, publishing 30 hour long episodes in 30 days might prove very daunting with all these distractions in November. So keep that in mind. So what are some things that you can do, though, to combat all of these obstacles that we've just mentioned? Well, first off, think about the key parts of creating a podcast before November and plan how to handle them. This takes us way back to our first episodes of Better Podcasting. Start by deciding what your topic and your format is going to be for this Napod Pomo event. You need to figure this out well in advance and Basically, lay out a map well before November so that when you go into November, you have a little bit more preparation done. After you plan this, you can also maybe pre-do some elements because do you really need to do all 30 episodes within a month? You can kind of work through the 30 episodes of releasing through November, but if you want, you can pre-plan and pre-load some of the elements so that it makes it a little bit easier for your November. You don't need to go through the entire month coming up with a brand new concept every single episode through the entire month. No, you want to have that roadmap, how you're going to work that through in November. Some of the elements that Steven just discussed of having in advance are things like show artwork, bumps, intros, and outros. You want to start to have those ahead of time. Taking care of those show pieces or show elements ahead of time will help you not sabotage your quest before you start on day one. 
does this have to be the best produced items ever? Eh, not really, but having them done can let you focus on recording and publishing on day one instead of getting distracted and maybe not being able to publish on day one. Another item that can help you is keep the show length short. How short is short? 5-10 minutes, 15 minutes max, I would say. Why so short? The short version to the short version of your podcast is that it's hard enough to do a long show bi-weekly or weekly, but a long show daily or for a month, it's going to be better to keep it short. One of the podcasts I listen to is four times a week, and it's a well-produced podcast. Another daily podcast that we actually both listen to, the Curiosity Daily Podcast, which was produced by Gunna Geek member Cody Gaw, is a 10-minute-a-day targeted show. Both of these shows, I know for a fact, take hours to produce. Three hours is actually a good barometer for how long it takes to produce each of these podcasts. And that's just the recording, the editing, the production, the posting, and that sort of thing. The shorter the podcast, the quicker you will be able to produce them every day and not spend the entire day piecing them together. Another thing that you should think about as you go into this is to ground yourself with reality before you launch. Some people do these marathon activities because they think it's going to be the big break they need. This is where they're going to get famous by putting out all of this content in such a small period. But the reality is this just isn't the case. As such, when you're making decisions about your show, it's really good idea to look at this month through a little bit different glasses than you might look at your usual program with. For example, when you're looking to do that balancing that we've talked about, balancing ease of production with balancing content quality and audio quality, you might want to lean a little bit more towards the ease side of things than you would with your usual show. Because again, this isn't going to be your big breakout. And if you end up putting too much focus on this, then other things can potentially suffer, which we'll talk about a little bit later. You should also make sure, of course, when you're considering this, to have fun with your show. Whatever you're doing, especially as a hobby podcaster that is making this very overwhelming commitment, make sure you're having fun while you do this. The point of this month is to help you create content, and you should be having fun while you do this. It's going to make creating that content even easier if you're having fun. Sort of equating it back to other month-long events, there is an, an event that some artists that we know do called Sketch a Day. The idea being they go and they create one sketch a day for a certain determined amount of period. Well, the thing is, if you think about these sketches, are they being sold? No. Are they being published? Maybe not. They're really just being done for that individual artist, and your podcast should be the same. You should really make a driving reason for your own personal fun and enjoyment and your own personal betterment. Now, let's take you through some of the additional considerations of taking on NADPOD POMO. Some of the pros that we'll go through is there's a whole community out there taking on NADPOD POMO. Andrew Scott from Podcastage is doing a super secret NADPOD POMO project. Better podcasting listener Adam over on Odd Dad Out participates nearly every year. If you're finding it difficult to create podcasts, the community around Napod Pomo can help you get into the groove to be able to launch your own show or take your show to the next level or just participate in the Napod Pomo event. It's a great way to improve your podcasting skills, just like a course in college or any athletic activity doing something every day will help you get better at it. We've said it before on Better Podcasting. Podcasting is a skill that you will learn over time. Some people are more natural than others, but Everyone can improve. Podcasting every day for 30 days is a great way to work on things like your hosting skills, your editing skills, your promotion skills, your audio recording skills, your overall efficiency skills, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You guys get the deal. SP's favorite part of this is that it gives him time to practice every day his tolerance of me. That, that's his big driving reason for this. Sure, we'll go with that. <laughs> NADPOD POMO can be that process to help you improve on whatever you're trying to improve on. You can also try out something new, which I said before. Are you trying to learn a new editing software, but you just don't want to disrupt your main podcast workflow? Is there a special short run topic that you just have to podcast about, but doesn't fit into your current show? 
Do you want to try out some new ways to promote and want to test the waters on how effective they are? NADPOD POMO is a great way to test out new services or processes without upsetting your main podcast's caramel covered apple cart. That was supposed to be a fall joke, Stephen. Oh, am I supposed to laugh at this point? Haha. Do I need to put the laughter in the script from now on? You should probably put a laugh track in. It's easier. Then you don't need to cue me. I'm not the one with the Roadcaster Pro with the automatic <laughs> laugh track. <laughs> so some of the cons we'll go into is that it is a month-long commitment. This needs to be really considered. Yes, one month long. Every day. This is a ton of energy, a ton of work, and it can leave you feeling exhausted. If you don't manage it right, it has the potential. It could even drive you away from podcasting. We mentioned it before that both of us have had experience doing something time consuming for our podcast that actually drove us further away from that. If you're not totally enjoying podcasting as it is, this could be so grueling that you can just quit podcasting. And how will you feel if you fail? As we said just a few minutes ago, it's beneficial to realize that a large driver of this should be personal satisfaction because this might not bring you hundreds of listeners. It probably won't. But what happens if you don't get any new eyes on you? What if you do an entire month of work and it's just you, your best friend, and your mom listening to your show? How are you going to feel about that? Now, consider how long it's been to make your regular podcast gain traction. Is there any reason to think that you will have a massive amount of success just because you're putting out one episode a day for an entire month? I don't think so. Another thing worth considering here with the cons is that it might take away from your current podcasting endeavors, your long-term endeavors. This should really be considered, though, on two fronts, listeners and quality. You potentially could draw listeners away from your main podcast to this NAPPOD POMO event. Or if you're incorporating this concept into your main show, some listeners might unsubscribe because they don't like this and aren't willing to sit through it for 30 days. You could potentially lose listeners. But the other side of it is really considering that your focus is going to mostly be on this during November. And do you have that time and resources to continue putting out that quality of product that you have elsewhere? Likely your main product's going to suffer in some capacity, even if it's just a reduced release schedule. You still have to consider that this event is probably impacting those other endeavors. And the last thing that you should consider here as well that we want to mention is that the negative feedback that you could potentially receive could offset any positive feedback that you've gotten elsewhere. Let's be honest here. If you're pot product that you're putting together is rushed out the door for the NAPPOD POMO, is there really a level of quality there that you're happy with? You're probably putting quantity ahead of quality and listeners might hear this and not potentially like that. They might be negative. We've talked about it before. Getting negative feedback can be very hard. And if you're receiving 30 episodes worth of negative feedback within 30 days, that's a lot for you to carry on your shoulders. It could be really easy for that to drag you down and maybe disengage you from podcasting. That might just flat out kill all wind in your sails that you have for your podcast. That would be a real, real unfortunate downside to doing this event. It would, but there's a lot of positive aspects as well. Look, NADPOD POMO is a special podcasting event that really doesn't have an equal. Not even International Podcast Day or your favorite podcast conference can live up to the experience NADPOD POMO can give you. NADPOD POMO is a longer commitment than you might think at first glance. Okay. But if done right and with purpose, NADPOD POMO can be very rewarding. NADPOD POMO would give you a great sense of accomplishment and will probably leave you with more than just the side quest goal you came in with it to go back to that video game mentality. And if you do have an ongoing NAPOD POMO project, tell us about it at podcast at betterpodcasting.com. We'd love to talk about it, promote it, and talk about your challenges that you might be seeing with it, as well as the rewards that you have it. And we would love to talk about it on a future show. This is the Better Podcasting Download. 
Let's do the Better Podcasting download in two parts. And we'll start off with SP talking about the Apple news because he is the Apple fanboy here. In fact, I believe he once told me that he owns nothing but Apple products. <laughs> I need to correct that fallacy out there if it, it is out there. Yes, I have iOS mobile devices, but all my computers are Windows computers. I don't have any Linux computers either, although I probably should try it. Anyway, we received an email from Apple to deal with a couple of podcast relating issues. And it starts out by saying, dear podcast provider. So this is not just any user of Apple products. You have to actually have a podcast on Apple and you do so through Apple. What is it? Podcastconnect.com. And we have a couple of statements that we want to go through. First of all, you can manage your show launches. You can now hide shows while being reviewed for approval. This is something that has been an issue for Apple Podcasts for quite some time because you've always needed one episode to be approved in Apple Podcasts. To combat that, often what people will do is put a trailer out there, not actually their first full episode. Say you're trying to do an actual launch. So you're trying to put out an email blast. You're trying to promote putting ads out there, maybe having a billboard, and you want to put a date on there. Well, you can't do that the way that Apple podcasts currently operate. But if you can actually hide your show by being reviewed for approval, then you can basically hide it from everybody. And then when it pops up, you can actually advertise it for it's here. So people aren't subscribing and seeing nothing, or people aren't checking out your website and seeing nothing on Apple podcasts. So that's pretty cool. So you sent in order to do this, you simply hide podcast after submitting it for review. This action will not impact or delay the feeds review process. When approved, you can then go back in and select on hide podcast and allow up to 24 hours as with any show change, by the way, for your show to become searchable on Apple podcasts. Even this is actually pretty neat. We both have never had the chance to use something like this because neither of us have started a podcast in a few years. But if I was starting a podcast now, I would probably use this if I was going to do a big launch day surge. Yeah, I think this is great. This is definitely something that uh, I think people are going to be able to use really well because of the fact that what you mentioned, a lot of times people put one episode up, they wait for approval, and then really they launch into the core routine of their show. So now they can go, they can get approved. And if they really want, they can actually uh, like basically eliminate that episode from their history if they really, truly want. They can put something out there for Apple to approve and then Apple can approve it. And then they can go and uh, change that out with what they actually want for their episode one and go forward. So obviously we can theorize some ways that people could gain that potentially. But I think that that's actually a really neat feature to have. And I'm glad to see that they implemented this. Once again, this feature is available when you apply at podcasts with an S, podcastconnect.com. Another thing in the email, and this was an annual thing from Apple nowadays, is was their holiday submission schedule. This is a direct quote from the email. If you plan to release new shows on Apple Podcasts in November or December, be aware of the following periods of delay submission activity. November 22nd through December 2nd and December 23rd to January 2nd. Shows submitted during these windows may not be available within our regular time frame of five business days. Please plan accordingly and submit any new shows with this in mind. Regards, the Apple Podcast team. I would like to meet the Apple Podcast team someday. I, just, I mean, it sounds cool nowadays. Apple Podcast team, even though they're reducing in their sphere of influence you know they were 70 percent. they're down under 60 percent now it doesn't matter i would just like to meet this team it's it's probably a very large team very large team but we wanted to mention that because we do every year mention the breaks in the schedule and it's important because a lot of people over november and december start to find some different holiday time and they think well maybe i'll start up a podcast and if you're planning on launching a podcast during one of these periods make sure you get try to get ahead of it and get the ball rolling faster. Now, the second thing that we want to mention is all about YouTube. Now, the YouTube email was quite long, so we're not going to read out a large portion of it, but we are going to read out an excerpt and basically tell you what this all means. 
Important changes that may impact your monetization and content discoverability are coming. Starting today, all creators are required to tell us if their content is made for kids in order to comply with the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act and or other applicable laws. To help you comply, we are introducing a new audience setting in YouTube Studio. Depending on the amount of made-for-kids con content on your channel, you can set your audience at either the channel level or the video level. For those who are setting at the channel level, it's just one click, end quote. And then there's a graphic that basically has three different icons. And the first one says no made-for-kids co content. And then the second one says a mix of both made-for-kids content and not made-for-kids content. And the last one says a lot of made for kids content. So the long story short with this is the reason why it's changing is because YouTube says that they're going to limit the data that they collect on made for kids content to help comply with new laws and legislation that has apparently been implemented. This is important to note because a lot of podcasters have opted through their media host service to automatically upload their podcast to YouTube. And this is apparently a setting that is going to need to be changed for people on their YouTube channels. And if you've gone and you've set this up or authorized this through your media host provider, and it's automatically going up, you need to take a look and see how you set this yourself so that you are making sure to indicate this and indicate this appropriately as such. I'm sure we'll have more questions and more answers that come out out of this, but the bottom line is it's a new setting on channels and videos, and you definitely want to make sure to set this because who knows, maybe your videos will disappear if you don't set it. I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't. It's just another example of a corporation dealing with uh, privacy laws, basically, and having to come around and create something new in order to comply with it. And it's not necessarily trying to target you individually. This is just something that YouTube has to do system wide. So if you get this and you're like, why me? Everybody's got to do this that has a YouTube channel. And if you have multiple YouTube channels, even if you just have a profile to go view YouTube, but it creates a YouTube channel for you to do it, you got to set this. So just make sure you do it so that you can retain your account status. This is where we here at Better Podcasting turn the show over to you as we run through some of your feedback. We call this segment Better Podback. We had several Discord messages for us this past week. The first is from A.L. Morill, who's Amanda from the Up To Your Ears podcast. She said, just popping in to say that I was grateful for the reminder during episode 206 that family comes first when it comes to hobby podcasting. We had a family member in the hospital for the last three days. I made attempts to edit from time to time when he was sleeping, but understandably, I didn't get too much done. Still hoping to get our next episode on on time, but it was definitely more important to focus on family. He's doing much better now and got to go home this morning. Thanks for another great episode, guys. Well, this hits close to home for me. Steven, you remember that time that when my son was in the hospital? I took my laptop with me for something to do because I didn't know how much time I would have because, you know, you're in the hospital. You just don't know what's going on. And I didn't know if my son was going to be sleeping or not. So I did take my laptop. It wasn't for the purpose of I got to get this editing done. It was literally to give me something to do when you're in the hospital. One thing I will mention, if you are in the hospital, there is very rarely a time that nothing is going on. You might get 15 minutes, a half an hour, maybe 45 minutes from time to time, but there's always a nurse coming in to check on you, always some food service that's coming around, always somebody cleaning the room, that sort of thing. So if, if you're in the hospital, maybe you have a roommate that isn't doing so well as well. So if you are in the hospital, just remember that you're probably not going to get a lot of work done anyway. You probably shouldn't be getting a lot of work done. You should probably only be bringing stuff in to distract you and you should concentrate on that family member or friend that's in the hospital. And we also had Waffles join in and support that notion saying family and mental health always first. We're big proponents of that for sure. We had a message that I wanted to briefly discuss today from Josh Liston. 
Josh said, been putting off a hard decision with one of my podcasts for a while now. Today, I got my 30-day domain renewal notice, so I guess it's time to sort myself out. Do you guys have anything set up in your process as a nudge to think about where you're at? So I wanted to address this for two reasons. Number one, let's talk about the domain thing. Let's say you're doing a show. Let's say that you've got a show that kind of has been active in the last year or maybe the last couple of years. You've been on and off or whatever. And now the domain renewal is coming up. And you're still thinking, maybe I want to renew it. Maybe I don't. I'm not sure. I'm going to tell you right now, renew it. And you should renew it right now because if you're on the fence at all, it's really, really unfortunate when you let it go and then maybe it ends up going to somebody else or it goes to one of those auction sites or maybe it doesn't and it ends up clearing out and then later you mention it in regret and then someone else ends up taking it and then they want to do something with it. Uh, rightfully so. If it went and elapsed, it's absolutely their their decision to be made and their rights to do whatever they want with it. But it's really unfortunate. So if you're at all on the fence, keep renewing because you might regret that one day and wish that you hadn't let that lapse. I'd like to state something here before Stephen gets to his second point. I actually take a time of the year at least once, if not twice, and I'll go into all my domains and I will take a look and make a conscious decision on whether I should automatically renew them or not. Because by default, they're all set for me, at least to automatically renew, just in case I forget to go and renew them. And I have never been caught flat footed of not renewing a domain that way. But I have made the conscious decision before it comes time to renew that I'm no longer going to renew that domain. So when it comes to the renewal time, I'm not in shock that I've let something go. I've done it consciously months in advance. So you might want to take that approach if you're somebody that hates to make that last minute decision. You're just on the fence. You don't know. But I will say this. Josh is probably pointing in the right direction in that when it comes up for renewal, Maybe if you're on the fence, it's start time to start to have that conversation with yourself on whether you really want to do this or not. I would still renew it for at least another year and then make that decision later. And if you do make the decision to cut it up then you know, click it off for automatic renewal next year, and then you're fine when that decision actually happens. I'm a big proponent if it's an active website and not a domain that you just kind of registered and didn't do anything with of taking down all of your web presence when you're thinking you might want to do it. So like, let's say today, I'm like, I want to take down this domain. I don't want to use it anymore. I think I'm ready to let it lapse. I would go and shut everything down that has to do with it and see if still in a year you really feel like that. Because if you're thinking about dropping it off right now, you might as well lose some of that SEO juice because you don't want people, the next people to really capitalize on what you've built. Uh, and also it's just a good way for you to get a sense of, do you really want to let that go? Because you might go and you start deleting your website that you had and you're like, but I really want this out there. I really want people to see this. Well, there's your answer. There's your answer right there. Keep renewing it because you're not comfortable enough taking down that website. So you definitely don't want to let that domain go. And the second thing that I want to mention on this right now is the whole nudge process. Do you have a process in place to help nudge where you're at? I think this is definitely something that people should make a more active effort to do. I myself find myself really being guilty of not doing this. I have a big list of things that I want to do, but I don't go and find a way for me to hold myself accountable to at least check that and review that. The best way that I personally can do that, though, is having conversations with my podcast buddy here, SP. Him and I do have conversations about things and ideas. Wait, you're saying I'm your podcast buddy? I am. Yeah, I am. Oh, we need to have a talk later. No, no, no. It's in your contract. Reads section three. <sighs> Dang yeah. it, the contract again. Yeah, exactly. So anyways, uh, having these conversations can be an informal way for me to nudge, but I really should set something up myself to be more official. And I don't. And I think one of the ways that people could do this would be to formalize that discussion point with their podcast buddies. Let's say you do bounce ideas off of people. Maybe you start a schedule where it's like, okay, October, we're going to meet. January, we're going to meet. April, we're going to meet. And you just set a few times that you're going to meet with these people and just do a little check-in with each other. And it will help keep you accountable and help you nudge yourself along. 
I really like this question, Josh. It gives people a lot to think about. And thank you for asking that in our Discord server. Yeah, thank you very much, Josh. We also had a comment from Ingenious S1, or Ingenious One, I guess, but the S is capitalized at the end. For those of you who travel with your gear, what are your storage methods? How do you keep everything safe? I would assume there are people out there like me that like to protect their investments and keep their gear looking as new as possible. My wife laughs at me all the time because I tend to love buying cases for all my stuff. And she says that she thinks I buy stuff just so I can buy cases for them. Well, this is an interesting question. I actually have a mixture myself. I have talked about my big gear that I have for podcasting panels. That's in an actual huge big case. And I did get a hard case for that. Uh, there are cases within the case, if you will. I needed to go with a hard case because I didn't want it to be thrown around. Like if I were, I wanted to throw it on an aircraft, I don't want it to be thrown around in other luggage, impacting it and possibly screwing around with unprotected gear within that. So I did do that for the gear that I travel with on a, a trip basis. I have a backpack that's a designated 17 inch laptop backpack. I have a 17 inch laptop, so I throw it in there. I will say for most people out there, 17 inch laptop is probably too heavy, too bulky for them. I do it because I need the bigger screen when I edit. It's just a personal preference, but it does limit me to needing a big bag. So I've got the big bag and within that big bag, I do have smaller cases. I bought a case for my mobile router. I bought a case for my webcam and I've shared those items with Steven, by the way, if he wanted to buy them as well. And I have a microphone bag, my old micro, I think I talked about it on the show before, my old microphone bag that I got with the Audio-Technica AT2005, the zipper finally broke on it. And instead of just putting a new zipper on it, I went out and bought a new bag and it is working just fine. It's actually a little bit more robust bag. It's about the same size, maybe just a smidge bigger. And the zipper is definitely more robust. So I'm glad I did that. I also have a case for my Zoom H5. It's what came with the Zoom H5. I have thought about buying a designated case for all these items that I put in a case, but the problem I run into with that is I literally probably take too much gear with me wherever I go. I was just in the bag over the weekend before this question came out, and I was looking at all my stuff, trying to take out certain things, and there's just a minimum level that I'm not willing to accept to go without because I have been without it before and I have needed it on the next trip that I've taken. So everything that's in my bag is in it for a reason. And it's probably too much for a case to put into my laptop. Now, would I would love to do it? Yes, I would, but I just don't. So I piecemeal the cases within the backpack, which is made to travel with gear. It's just a little bit bigger than I want. Anyway, Steven, what's your take on this? I have a variety of smaller pieces like cables and adapters and things like that. I have those in some Ziploc bags that I was leaving with my uh, suitcase when I was going away regularly. They're not there anymore. And I'd have to rebuild that if I was to travel today, to be honest. Um, but I keep those all together and they're inexpensive things. So not a lot of protection there. The thing that I've traveled with probably of the most value is my Zoom H6. And actually, the case that it came in works great for it. It's really well padded. It has all little room for all the little adapters and everything like that. And that's what I travel with it is, is with that case there. And sometimes the manufacturing case works for travel. A lot of times it doesn't. It just so happens the H6 one does. The H5 is probably too small to do what we do, Stephen, going back and forth. But because I've got that bag... I'm able to take some extra cables with me. Like, for instance, I always travel with a power cable for the H5 nowadays, which has, I forget what it's called, the micro or the mini USB adapter into it. Anyway, it's one that's not common anymore. It's the bigger one. It's the same one that goes into the ATR2100 and those microphones. But that Zoom H6 case is phenomenal. I have two of them, the cases. I just, it's a little bit too big for the H5, so I haven't done that. But the H6 case is good. I went on the internet looking for a similar bigger case for the H5. And what I found was there are huge cases for the H5, and I didn't want to go that big. I just wanted a little bit bigger to have the extra batteries in, to have the extra cords in there. Because the case itself 
that comes with the H5 is so small. It's really just meant for the H5. I want a lavalier microphone in there in case I use it as a, as a belt pack, which I've done before on videos. And I, I just want a little bit more in that case than it comes with. And yes, Stephen, I do use Ziploc bags. Would absolutely recommend Ziploc bags just in case something spills in your bag. Could be cologne, could be perfume, could be that bottle of wine that you're bringing back from wine country. You never know what's going to spill in your bag and just ruin your electronics. I have found that even placing shampoo in a Ziploc bag will prevent it when it explodes from ruining all the contents in your bag. I always do that. I put my electronics in a Ziploc bag. I put the items that might spill in a bag. And a lot of times I have those bags in individual bags. Like I just, I, I really try to protect that when I travel. Another thing on cases that I just want to expand here, he was talking about all his gear that he bought. And I don't think Steven did it because I think his came with it. But I have bought cases for my main drones that I fly with. And one, the Mavic Pro did not come with a case because I got it as a refurbished unit. I bought a case immediately for that. And my Parrot drone, my Parrot 2.0 drone, I bought a case for that. That case is a backpack. It is way too big, but there's no way to compact a Parrot 2.0. So, but I did, I bought a case for it. And part of that was because I just wanted to buy a case for it. I did buy a case for my drone, actually. Moving on, though, away from drone talk, back to podcasting talk. Let's wrap it up with some feedback about NAPOD POMO. In our Discord, SP asked the question, is anybody participating in NAPOD POMO? Damien, the DM, said, nope. I'm lucky to get my two. He releases two podcasts a month. Mm -hmm. He also said, also, being a listener here, if I understood the premise of it, release, brackets, release a podcast episode every day, question mark, end bracket, it would annoy the heck out of me as a listener to go from whatever usual format to daily. To which Waffles responded and said, I only listen to a few shows that are doing it, and they're all doing very short things with an entirely new project or doing a single segment from their show that would have normally been cut for time. Okay, it's still a different download every day. And as a listener, I get what Damien's saying. I would probably unsubscribe to a show that was normally weekly or bi-monthly and all of a sudden they were releasing every day, unless it was some like here, uh, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. When we did a coverage of a convention, we released a podcast a day for a week. That was a little bit out of the ordinary. And I know some people were getting fed up with it at the end, but that was just a week. I can't imagine if we did Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. for an entire month. I really I, it would probably lose half our subscribers if we did that. So that is something to consider. We didn't talk about it during our main segment because we wanted to give credit to Damien for bringing it out here. It is absolutely a consideration. If you're keeping it in your regular feed and you're switching it up from what your regular release schedule is to an everyday release schedule, you're going to lose listeners. And that's why SP shot me down when I suggested that we participate and just basically take the regular episode content and only release a paragraph every day. So that's the usual show. We'll record it normally and just release one paragraph a day. With the normal intro and outro Absolutely, intact? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. Right. <laughs> and lastly, in our chat today at Geeks.Live, yes, if you didn't know this, we do stream this show live on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. We had Jason M. Bryant say, I relaunched my daily show slash score slash new updates for Pod Pomo. Cool. Uh, great idea. If you had something before that used to be daily and you didn't have the time anymore, why not bring it back for fun? That's a really good idea. It's kind of like that SP fan cast that I meant to uh, kick back up here. We used to have so many people participating in that. The episodes just got so darn long that I could kind of break it out and really just keep a month's worth of content happening every day of SP love. I appreciate the fact that you are trying to imitate the Minnesotan accent, but I got to say the Canadian accent is different than the Minnesotan accent. And you just, you, you're not doing it right, Stephen. I mean, points for trying, but you're not doing it. Also, Jason Bryant, the man does like, I don't know, 45 different shows, not all of them at once, but he's got a ton of shows. He's got literally tens of thousands of episodes out there. 
The man is a machine podcaster and he's a machine in the sports industry, wrestling predominantly and announcing, but he's great. And to relaunch a show for Nadpod Pomo, that shows you how fun this could be even for a seasoned podcaster. He's just getting out there, trying to have fun, trying to change it up every day. If you've been podcasting since before podcasting started, like we said at the beginning of the segment, then doing this can really spark you into a different frame of creativity or enjoyment of podcasting that you forgot about. So lots of good stuff can come from NADPOD promo. Before we go, I just want to give acknowledgement here to the Gunna Geek Network. The Gunna Geek Network is something that we are a part of. And we are pleased to say there is a new member of the Guinea Geek Network. That's right. We teased it last week in the episode. And this week, we're going to tell you that it is the Sci-Fi Sunday podcast that is now part of the Guinea Geek Network. This is awesome because the intellectual podcast has a spinoff called the Sci-Fi Sunday. And they wanted to bring that to the network. And I'm pleased to have them on there. They're a great podcast, and right now they're going through a bunch of Star Wars discussion, and that is a ton of fun to hear a bunch of different opinions about Star Wars. There's quite the group environment with those podcasts going on right now, and I like it. It's all fun to hear groups. Yeah, and I really like Dave and Dawson and what he's trying to do on the podcast, and also I love sci-fi. We need more sci-fi podcasts on the network. If you have a sci-fi podcast and you're like, I don't know if going to geek would be the right place. Go ahead, submit your show at going to geek.com slash join. We'd love to take a look at your application. So on that note for episode 207 of better podcasting, I'm Steven John Drew saying welcome to the network sci-fi Sunday and welcome to the network SP. I heard that you just joined. It's fun to be a part of this network. And if you're doing a podcast every day in the month of November, let us know what it is. Podcast at betterpodcasting.com. We want to talk about it in the future. Bye. See ya. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, Please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.